Hi, Tiff. Welcome to 11 Questions. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. Are you a morning person or a night owl? I am definitely a morning person. I get up at five in the morning um, and I work until I have to get my kids up for school. So around seven and I am like literally falling asleep at like 7 p.m. as I'm uh, making dinner. So I'm definitely an early bird. Wow, that's so opposite of me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're a night owl. I can stay up till five, you know, but I cannot get up at five. <laughs> it's interesting because like sometimes I'll come on to social media at the same time, my friend, Sarah Smith, she's another author and she's in Oregon and she's just about to go to sleep. So it's weird that she's about to go to sleep and I'm just waking. <laughs> it's so odd. What does a happy weekend mean to you? Oh my gosh. A happy weekend is like literally staying at home today. Actually, this was a fantastic day. For me, like I got up early my usual time and I worked until much later. I actually love to write. I don't mind working on the weekends as long as it's writing, right? So I, I can write. And then the kids got up. I made breakfast and then we went out for a long walk. And then I came back and here I am talking. This has been a wonderful, this is probably like an example of a great weekend, you know, just hanging out at home and just relaxing. Did you always want to be a writer? Yeah. Yeah. But you know, my parents told me that that wasn't maybe a profitable way to live. So, so they steered me towards healthcare and um, I was a registered nurse for a very long time until I got my agent and got a book deal. And then I was able to transition into working full-time, but I never stopped dreaming about writing, being a writer, and I didn't stop writing. So I continued to like keep journals and things like that. When blogging happened, I started blogging and that's how I got my practice in writing. I love that. Yeah. And what inspires your writing? Oh my gosh, everything. I am a watcher. Like my most favorite place, for example, is the airport. When we used to go to airports a lot, not so much now, but just sitting around and watching people, not really hearing what they say, more looking at their expressions, because you can make up a lot in your head with how people are acting toward one another. So anything can really inspire me. And it could be one thing and it kind of leads and it's like a rolling stone. It starts to pick up speed and soon a story develops from that. And when you're writing, do you have a routine that you follow? Yeah. So in my environment, like I have to have something hot. It's either coffee or tea or just something where I can hold on to things. So in my environment, that's what I like. I also listen to music, but um, it has to be that there's no words. I listen to soundtracks or instrumentals. And then when I set up a story, what I do is after I do my initial outline and initial um, character sketch, like I just start writing and I don't stop until I finish the end. Like I don't double back. It's just my way that I draft all the way through and I take notes on the side if I miss something, as long as I get to the end, because if not, then I'll never get to the end. <laughs> I'll keep going back. <laughs> Do you think your writing has changed over the years? You have written different books. Do you see a change? Yeah, I feel like I'm learning a lot with each book. Like each book really stretches me. I think it's because of the differences in projects. So my first three books were romance and there were foodie romance. And after that, it was a sister story. So I really got to explore sisterhood. And it was two points of view. With Once Upon a Sunset, there was some historical aspects to it. So I really was introduced to research. And that was interesting. That was my really first foray into doing some mega heavy research um, on historical things. With my sixth book, In a Book Club Far Away, it was three characters in two timelines. And then the young adult is 
of course, another category. So I feel like with every book, I'm just stretched a little bit more. It's really exciting. So I'm learning a lot about myself and the things that I'm digging and the things that I'm learning that I'm comfortable in writing and maybe not comfortable in writing. Is there something that you find challenging in this whole process? I love to write and it's very easy to get me to the table. What's hard is really digging into the characters, I think. I have this problem of not wanting my characters to suffer. I just want them to all be good and and have them be okay. So sometimes I don't put them in situations that are hard enough for them to learn from. So I have to go back and I have to say, okay, it's all right for them to make bad decisions. (laughs) I think it's because... It's hard to get a character out of a bad situation. I just don't want them to be in that situation because I love them. That has to be the hardest thing for me. And now tell me a little bit about your latest book. The Holiday Switch is my first young adult book. When I first started on this career, I wanted to write YA, but I could not get an agent with YA. I queried three books and did not get an agent from it. So I pivoted and I started writing adult books. So to be able to come back to YA for my eighth novel has been like so special to me. And at a time when I have three teenagers in the house and an 11 year old who is also reading YA. So I've got like four out of four of my kids. This is high stakes for me, even though this is a teen novel and very lighthearted and a Christmas novel, it was still high stakes in terms of, I really know who my audience is now. Yeah, your audience is at home. I know. (laughs) And the thing is, is that they are watching me. I feel very responsible. It, It was such a process. The Holiday Switch is about two teenagers. And it's really only Lila's point of view. Lila Santos, who is a senior in high school. And it's her last winter break in high school. And she wants to earn enough money so that she can help her parents out in paying for college. So she works at an inn. It's called the Bookworm Inn in the fictional town of Holly, New York. The Bookworm Inn is sort of like this epic inn because it was the site of this great movie, like this epic movie called Holiday by the Lake. So she's like, okay, I want to work full-time hours. Miss Velasco, the innkeeper, tells her, I'm sorry, I have somebody else that's working these hours and it's my nephew, Teddy Rivera. And she meets Teddy and she thinks he's pretty relaxed and too relaxed and she's in charge of training him. And then when they accidentally switch phones, they realize they have way more in common than they had realized. And she learns that just one switch makes a difference in your entire path down the road. Very interesting. And also I think the timing is great for this book around the holidays. I certainly enjoyed writing it. I wrote it last late fall. So around this time last year, I was doing my own edits for it. And, you know, the Christmas ornaments were coming up. And so I was already getting into the um, the spirit of it. It's such a great book. I've enjoyed promoting it as well. It's a cheerful book in this, you know, wild times that we lived in. We live in, you know. Did you also take inspiration from some real life characters or incidents for the story? Yeah. So there are a lot of like little things in the book and how Lila's family celebrates Christmas. So Lila is Filipino American. And so I put a little bit of the things that we celebrate here at home. For example, there is Buena Noche. Noche Buena. Either way, you can say it either way. So after we go to church, we come back and we have a big meal for Christmas Eve and we open a couple of presents, more intimate presents to one another. And then the next morning, then we open everybody's presents. And I put in a little tradition that I have here in my own home, leftover Christmas or leftover Thanksgiving. It's when I like to keep our house intimate during the actual day of, and then I'll invite folks after 
the holiday. And I kind of say, all right, bring your leftovers and repurpose your leftovers. And that's what leftover Christmas is or leftover I love Thanksgiving. That. I love yeah. That so, so actually we don't have a ton of leftovers after we have folks over because, and folks are taking whatever that's in their fridge and they're just putting them into pies and whatever. And that is something that we do. And of course there's karaoke because of course- it's karaoke. So yeah, so I, I'm putting a lot of little things in there. And there are the conventional Filipino American traditions, like calling your older sister Ate, or calling your older brother Kuya or whatever. So I, I loved writing that in. And it was very natural. And, and it's so cool, because of course, then my kids are reading it too. Yeah, I love that when books include a little bit of culture. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's special that's such to me. A special. Yeah, it's very yeah. special. And, and I, I'm writing these books as I see it, you know, so I really try to include the people and the traditions that I live with and that I see and that I've experienced. Now for our next question, I see that you have a lot of books in your background. Yes. <laughs> so if you were to be deserted on an island with only three books, which ones would you take with you? Oh my gosh, that is so hard. That's bad question. Okay, so I would say the first one, just because I am on a Little Women kick, it would have to be Little Women. I've read Little Women like a million times. The second book, my gosh, what are we going to do? Okay, the- <laughs> I'm looking around here. I would say to all the boys I loved before. So I'm thinking if I'm deserted on a desert island, I have some children with me because a mom is never without their kids. And we love that book, that entire series. The spines are completely cracked. In fact, I had tweeted Jenny Han. I don't think she saw it, but I was saying how I slept with that book, reading that book. And then with my third kiddo, she read that book and slept with that book, you know, because as you're reading in bed and then the youngest one also did that, you know, so I would say that would have to be one just because it's such a classic. And then I would probably have to say, holy cow, this is really hard. I I love everything that I read. I'm just going to stick with that. That's it. No more. (laughs) Two. For our last question, if you were to pick one interesting life experience to share, what would you tell me today? Oh my gosh, I would say the biggest life experience that that really opened my eyes was when I traveled by myself to the Philippines when I was 16. I was going through this identity crisis, I guess, right? Because my parents immigrated here with me when I was very young, but then I only spoke English. I didn't speak Tagalog the way I understood it. And I had so much family in the Philippines who I missed. So I've traveled by myself all the way. And to make that journey on my own, I really learned a lot about myself. And that really spurned my joy to experience new things. After that, I didn't find a lot of things scary because when you travel by yourself, it's pretty scary. And because the experience of just trying to get through an airport alone um, was confusing. So That's I think after 16. that, yeah, it's 16. It's Actually, I wasn't yet 16. I was like 15 and a half. And now looking at my 16 year old, I was like, wow. I mean, when she runs around the block, cause she's a runner, she has, you know, the birdie alarm and she has her phone on and her location because I'm always so concerned about where she is, but it really spurned my, my adventurous spirit. So after that, I felt like I was more of a risk taker. Whereas before I went, I was a goody two shoes. I was a little shy and, and all that. But after, after that trip, that trip really was transformative for me. 
that's all for our 11 questions today. But before we wrap up our chat, if listeners want to buy your latest book or previous books or even get in touch with you, how can they do that? Yeah, so I the jumping off point is always my website and it's tiffmarcello.com. But if you're looking to connect through social media, Instagram is usually the best way at Tiff Marcello. Thank you for being my guest today. It was so great talking to you and hearing your stories. I loved it. Oh, thank you so much for inviting me. It was so it was so nice. It was a great way to spend an afternoon. <laughs>